so uh, my first point of my sermon is, I'm stealing this. Uh, all sermons are stolen to one degree or another, uh, but I'm really stealing it. So I'm going to give credit because you have to have a footnote, right? You have to cite your sources. So uh, I'm stealing this from my colleague, my newest colleague, Tim Hahn. He gave a sermon in chapel at NNU where I work. I was moved, so moved that I'm stealing it. So uh, the sermon itself, I will warn you, is dangerous. And I'm speaking to myself here. Uh, It's dangerous because if we take it seriously it will ruin our lives for the good. There's no way to hear it without thinking that God wants to mess with our lives, to, uh, to create havoc in our lives, change in our lives, transformation in our lives. God doesn't want us to stay the same, right? Uh, so I think of it as like ruining my life for the good. All the things I think I want, that I think will make me happy, God is like, eh, not quite. That's not actually the road to the abundant life. It looks a lot different. So we read two passages. One is in the Old Testament. For those that don't know, 1 Samuel, Old Testament. Israel is, uh, has Samuel leading it, right? They've had judges leading them, but they've never had a king. They haven't had an actual king over them, and so they cry out to God through Samuel, we want a king. So you imagine Israel saying, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king, and Samuel's like, you don't want a king. God's your king. God is the one that will lead. And they're like, no, 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 no. And they give their reasons. They say, why? Like, like Samuel says, why? And they say, well, this, because we want a king so we can be like every other nation. We want a king that will judge us and that will fight our battles, right? Because no one, no one does violence quite like kings. So God says, Samuel, look, they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. Give them a king, but make sure you warn them. And all of the warnings that were read, yeah, the king is going to fight your battles. The king will defeat enemies. The king will absolutely judge you. But it's going to feel a lot like being enslaved yourselves. So you can hand your, your, your loyalty, your taxes, your whatever over to the king, but just know what's going to happen. They're going to take your sons and daughters and they're going to be unjust, and it's going to feel like oppression. And this is what happens. doesn't take too long for David to go south, Solomon to go south. It only gets worse from there. All the warnings happen, right? So I want us to hear Samuel's warning clearly. So I'm putting it on the screen again. I want us to hear this deeply. He will take one-tenth of your flocks And then you yourselves will become the king's slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out because of the king you chose for yourselves. But on that day, the Lord won't answer. Because we're like Israel, man. We're Israel. We want a king. We want power. We want someone to fight our battles. I am no different. I assume you're not different. This is what we want, right? If you think about the heroes of our nation, the primary narratives that we love, they are about control and wealth and beauty and power and dominance. We, I want John Wayne. 
That's who I, I want. John Wayne with like a beard and long hair and a robe to look like Jesus and like stride across the country making the world right, like reckoning. Like I want a reckoning. You want a reckoning, right? Because those people, whoever they are for you, are ruining it, are making it worse. Katie experiences it with her friends. We experience it in family. We've got to fix it. And that's what we want. We want a king. We didn't learn. We didn't learn from Samuel. We didn't learn from David or Solomon or the kings to follow. We still want it. So I Googled King, Dave, or King Jesus. I Googled it. I just, King Jesus images. Let me show you some of the images. I'm not joking. We want Jesus on a white horse riding across the country, slaughtering our enemies, putting things right. Making the world with the way we know it ought to be, right? We want like, like electricity Jesus, whatever. <laughs> but here, here's the reality. Here's what's so difficult because that this is what I want. This is my heart. I assume this is your heart. But fortunately, God doesn't give us the king we want. God gives us Jesus. So we get a God, we get a king whose crown is thorns. And we get a king whose throne is a cross. And that is dangerous. When you say Jesus is king, when you say I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life, that is a dangerous statement. You better count the cost. You better be careful before you say that. Because this king doesn't ride across the countryside with a white horse and a machine gun, and make things right. This king makes things right with a crown of thorns and a throne that is a cross, and he makes things right by dying. But that's not, that's not the country we live in. That's not the world we live in. Those aren't the stories we tell. Trust me, I, I've been on a real rocky phase. I've watched six of them. We don't, I want a winner. I mean, it's cool to lose in the middle of the movie. That's okay. We all need obstacles. Rocky can lose the first fight, but he can't lose the last one. He has to conquer through power, through strength. And then I got on a Sylvester Stallone kick. I've only watched three of the Rambos. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. It's, the anti it's, the, it's a totally different story. It's a totally different narrative. It's a completely different set of values. And so for centuries, for thousands of years, religious people have wanted a king that looks like our base nature. The kind of person that might stumble and might fall, but in the end is going to vanquish all foes. And that's not the God that we worship. It's not the Jesus that we proclaim. And so it's like a total upheaval. It's like an overturning of my life, of my heart. Because I'm very afraid that what I've done is created a Jesus in my image. And then I worship it. That we have created a Jesus in our image. And then that's the Jesus that we worship. So 
So what would it mean for the actual Jesus, the king of the Jews, meant as sarcasm, but, but it's, we think it's true. Jesus is our king, right? What would it mean for that Jesus to be king? Question mark. What would the world look like? What would the church look like? We live in the most Christian country on earth right now. We've clearly created Jesus in our image, correct? We've created Jesus in our image to vanquish our foes. If we could just get the form of violence just right, we'd have peace. We've been trying that for a long time. We've never found a form of violence that led to peace, not yet. If we could just get the Christian nationalism just right, we could control the people of the country and make them Christian and faithful. If we could just figure out a way, right? But that's not what Jesus does. That's not who Jesus is. Instead, we get one who pursues death and vulnerability. Like, everything about my value system goes from like, I've got to go up the ladder. I've got to get more education. I've got to get more awards, more success, more beauty, more money. This is what I need. This is how we define it. This is how we define it. A successful business is one that makes a lot of money, that increases its profit margin. It's an upward mobility. And yet Jesus is always going down. Always to the least. Always to the lost. It's to the sex worker and the person with leprosy. Right? It's the woman caught in adultery. It's like Jesus is a down going to those that have been rejected and rebuked. That's the king we actually get in scripture and it's not the one we worship. And it's not who structures our values. And it's not who crafts our narratives. Because we've created Jesus in our image. So what would it look like if vulnerability, if compassion, if love took center stage? For us, if it overturned and toppled the values that we soak in from the air we breathe, what would that be like? And I want to talk about two types of vulnerability really briefly, because I think one is good and one is bad. So the good kind of vulnerability is the kind of vulnerability that's needed when you love, when you risk, when you, when you open up to someone and they can hurt you. That vulnerability is good. The kind of vulnerability that requires transparency so that people can see you, like really see you. And that might mean they judge you. And that might mean they don't like what they see. That vulnerability is good. It takes courage. It's how we connect deeply with one another, right? This is the vulnerability demonstrated on the cross. There's a not-so-great vulnerability. And this is where my asterisk is going to come in because... Christianity at times has kind of communicated to some of you in very subtle and not so subtle ways you're supposed to be a victim except the trauma that people hand you. But the bad kind of vulnerability is the kind of vulnerability like, I don't have enough food, I don't have enough housing, I don't have relationships, uh, I suffer abuse at the hands of others, and that kind of vulnerability is not okay and we're not going to celebrate it. And in fact, as Christians, we're going to go to eliminate it. Jesus goes to eliminate it but it's the how Jesus does it. He doesn't stop it by firing bullets at enemies. He doesn't stop it by crushing his enemies under his thumb. He stops it by being a stone catcher. Those people that are getting stones thrown at them, the bad kind of vulnerability, Jesus says, I'll let the stones hit me instead. And that's 
what the church is here to do. The vulnerability in our community, the bad kind, we're to step in the gap. We say, we've got more land than we need. You can use it. We've got a building we're not using. Who can use it? I've got more money than I need. Who can use it? How do we stand in the gap so that we can be vulnerable in the good ways and that we might stop the kind of vulnerability that we know is is not so good? It's not through power and might. It's through sacrifice. I wish there was a shortcut. I really do wish there was a shortcut because I don't like it. (laughs) Can you find a shortcut for me? Will you please find a loophole? I don't like it. But there's just not one. It is about the cross. This is the way of our salvation. It is the path by which we travel to become free and saved and delivered from all the things that enslave us. But I just don't have the courage to do it. I don't want that. I'm like Israel. That doesn't sound good. I want to defeat my enemies. I want to feel safe. I want to feel strong. I want to have enough in my retirement. I want to be comfortable financially. I want to have that empty room in my house that can stay empty just in case, you know, my in-laws come once a year. I just, I want, I just feels good to have it. But that's not God. And that's not what it means for Jesus to be king. And so Jesus wants to say, nope, I want to ruin your life for the good, Joe. All the things you think you want and you work so hard to protect, I want to tear that down so you can really be alive. All right, so I'm going to conclude with the words of my colleague, Tim, because he says it better than I can say it. So hear these words. The king that Jesus actually is, the king that Jesus would be for you and for me and for all those who cry out is still found at the top of a hill, but it is not a hill of domination, of power and control. No, it is instead a hill of desolation and desecration. It is not a hill that others are clamoring to reach the top of. And Jesus did not ascend it to its pinnacle by casting down, hurling away, or kicking his opponents into the void. The king of this hill is not the most brutal and effective wielder of violence. No, in fact, he is its victim. This king, King Jesus, is enthroned upon a cross. This king owns nothing, no material possessions, whatever, not even his own clothing. This king conquers by being conquered. This king's power is made perfect in weakness. This king wins by losing. This king lives, indeed lives to this day, by dying. So what would it mean for Jesus to be king of our lives. Please stand for our closing song.